We spend so much time in the office or working virtually, and we do this mainly to have a source of income. That being said, how often do we really pay attention to our financial wellness? Today, we have Steve Cronin, co-founder of DebtSimpleSaving.com, which started off as a blog about saving, but soon enough became much more. Hello and welcome to our podcast, Learn More. I am Hadil Zijali, and it's my pleasure having you here today, Steve. Hi, it's great to be here. Thanks, Hadil. So we often have a tendency to focus on a balanced lifestyle by having a social life, going to the gym, and perhaps taking a break once in a while. However, we basically forget financial wellness, although it affects everything from our performance to work to our mental well-being and emotional wellness. So Steve, being in the personal finance field at this point, tell us about yourself. What made you get into personal finance? How did you get there? Yeah, thanks. So uh, I'm really happy to be talking about financial wellness today because I basically dedicated my life to it now. Um, but I certainly wasn't born that way. You know, I'm, I'm a very normal human being. I've, I've made every financial mistake in the book, and I just don't want other people to make those mistakes. Yeah. Um, especially for people in in the Middle East, um, it's it's harder than uh, someone in the UK or Canada or the US to to save and to invest. And and so I, I think people do do need more help. I um I I study psychology, so I've always been interested in in how the human mind works, and and money is very psychological. Like you can't really touch it or feel it, right? And and so you you inherit all these weird biases and uh, feelings about money from your parents, sometimes transmitted down the generations from from your grandparents and beyond, uh, from your culture, from your boss, from your friends. Um, It's very much like um, uh, health and relationships. These things are intangible, and and so they are very psychological. Mm. Um, And uh, you can get messed up over all of these things. So so I was interested in, in money from that perspective, um, I, I ended up as a management consultant advising banks and sovereign wealth funds. These, these are the entities that manage the, the hundreds of billions for, for countries on behalf of countries. Yeah. And um, that was all very interesting, but uh, it, the working hours were pretty brutal. And I slowly realized that I actually enjoyed helping people much more than institutions. And uh, I, I nearly got ripped off buy one of these long-term savings plans and I had a lucky escape and and I realized it really opened my eyes that like not everybody is on your side <laughs> you know every company yeah. wants to help you as opposed to just make commission out of you Basically. and so I, yeah so I realized that I needed to take control of my own money and I realized that if I could learn how to do that then I could help other people to do the same. So I, yeah. I don't want to manage people's money. I want to teach them how to manage their money. And um, so, so that's kind of how I ended up here. You know, in, in 2016, I, I set up my, my blog, Dead Simple Saving, and um, uh, it, it just grew from there. I, mean, I, I found like once I understood, I mean, it took me at least four or five years to figure out how to do this. Like back then, there wasn't that much information out there. Things have got a lot better since then. And um, 
So I don't want people to waste four or five years of their life trying to figure out sure. how to do this stuff, right? And, and so that's why I'm, I'm so passionate about talking about financial wellness and talking about how practically to save and invest. Um, and yeah, that's why I'm really happy to be talking about it today. Fantastic. Um, you've, got, you've really got an interesting background there. I understand that there is a psychology behind money, but generally speaking, when when the, the thought crosses your mind, you think that these two worlds are way too far apart, especially as a career. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, some people think of psychology as little mice running around, um, like little lab rats. <laughs> some people think of it as, you know, tell me about your mother. Um, but really, it's... Um, because money, I think, is so intangible, because you can't touch it and feel it, it is prone to emotions. It is prone to biases. Uh, there's lots of, I mean, people have listed out like 50, 100 different brain biases that can mess up your investing. Um, and uh, so, so, yeah, it is a fascinating area. The whole area of behavioral finance is is very very interesting but but you have to take it from a kind of academic interest to make it practical you know if you are prone to freaking out and selling all your money in the stock market how can you stop yourself doing that you know, I, i'm a great believer in making things simple and making things really practical because people don't have time to read you know i could i could say oh go and read this fascinating book on behavioral finance people don't have time for that right people just want to know what do i do i'm busy right what, what do i need to do yeah, true. Especially in this part of the world, there are a few people that uh, maybe now it's getting better, but uh, generally people don't tend to dive into the deep end of personal financial management or personal finance in general. It's no, like people, we, we take it as we go. I mean, lots of people are just living day to day and they yeah. have no clue what they're yeah. doing or why they're doing it. And, uh, and, and there's also lots of people who drive a Ferrari and still live with their parents, right? So I mean, that's a bit, uh, that's a bit messed up. And there's also lots of people who are living on debt. I mean, it is really easy to get credit cards and personal loans and, um, and get the car you want based on, like off of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I've seen, I've had a, a couple of friends and, and employees who, who took out a big car loan when they first turned up here because they're like, cool. finally, I can have a nice car and my identity is about having a nice car. And then they started really struggling financially and that that car loan became a huge millstone around their neck. And yeah. it was pretty difficult for them to recover from that. So um, there's always going to be someone richer than you, wealthier than you, like showing off their money in a more impressive way than you. And at some point you have to draw the line and say, well, like, what's more important for me? Is it like building towards my future or is it like impressing people who I probably don't like that much and they don't like you that much anyway? You're just desperate to impress them. You know? um, so I always think at some point you have to have a kind of social maturity and, and financial maturity. Um, and if you don't have that, the, then uh, you're probably going to end up you know, if you're an expat leaving the country and if you're not an expat, then just kind of like not having any money and, and having missed a, a massive opportunity. Mm. So to, to what extent do you believe that money affects a person's well-being? I think like uh, because money is so psychological, I think they're really, really closely tied together. And I think financial stress is a huge thing. 
if you've got lots of money, then money's not really that important. And, and there are plenty of rich people who don't even like to think about money. I, I had a client who's like, yeah, I spend like $150,000 a year. And I was like, wow, what do you spend on? I said, I don't know. I don't like, to, I don't like thinking about money. It's like, well, no wonder you're spending that kind of money. It's insane, right? Whereas um, I think if you don't have money or if you have cash flow problems, then money stress can really impact your well-being. And it's not uh, it's not the money that's going to kill you or the lack of money that's going to kill you. It's the stress around yeah. the lack of money that's going to kill you over the long term. And this is, a, this is a very physical thing. Like chronic stress is extremely bad for you. Um, I've seen people almost suicidal because they're, they couldn't see a way out of paying their debt. Oh, and wow. in fact, I've, I've seen many, many people write in. So I, I sit on the debt panel of the, yeah. the national newspaper and so like, every week we get these heartbreaking letters saying well I, I i have all these loans and credit card payments and my dad got sick back home or or whatever it is and now i've lost my job i can't pay my debt back these people feel awful and so yeah it really affects your your well-being and uh, there's lots of surveys on corporate wellness and financial wellness and things like that where where uh, your your money issues it's like number one number one source of stress right in, yeah. in employees and and so I think it it hugely affects your well-being and and I, I always say you know I like to give people a framework of thinking about money you know like plan and save and invest and um, it ties together all of your money issues so that you can have one sense of direction yeah. where you're heading towards financial independence. And if you can do that, then I think the stress around money is greatly reduced. And even if you get knocked off track, even if you, even if you lose your job or you take a pay cut or your dad gets sick and you have to hand over hundreds of thousands of, of, of dollars, you know where you need to get to so you know how to get back on track and i think that knowledge and that framework does massively reduce your stress and that will help you have a better relationship with money because lots of people out there have bad relationships with money they say to themselves i mean i am not good with money really well maybe if you continue to say that you will never be good with money right um true. so and you can easily change that by the way you can just say I'm not good with money yet, or even better, you can say, I am good with money. And yeah. maybe you don't believe it, but by saying that every morning in the mirror, I am good with money, you will start to become good with money because you will listen to this podcast. You will read articles about money. You'll join groups like Simply FI or whatever. And suddenly one day someone will say, well, how do you transfer money over to America? And you say, well, you know, you just uh, do this, this, and this, and this. I'd be like, wow, you know so much about money. And you'll realize, yeah, actually, I am good with money. That's that's how these things work. Yeah, but like, I agree with you. But it's the point where there's this turning point that happens in a person's life, right? Where they're like, okay, now I need to understand what to, you're either born with it, and it's natural, and you're just good with money, and you, you, you got it. Or what happens with a lot of people, like the people that you've mentioned that have that have credit card debts and loans and stuff like that, where it's like something massive happens in your life, and then you're like, "Oops, what do I do I think now?" There, I think there are very few people who are naturally born to be good with money. 
And I think what's happened with many of us is that we've made some big mistake with money. And then we say, I'm never going back there. Like I am never going to be in the position where I'm in debt or I can't afford to buy that you pay for the taxi or or whatever. Yeah. And, and then, or I've been trapped in a long-term savings plan and I've lost hundreds, you know, tens of thousands of dollars or whatever. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm never going to trust people um, unnecessarily and I'm going to take control of my money. And that pain that you've been through, that changes you and says like, I have to take control of this. It it does indeed. But um, I feel like that going through something like that is very extreme. Like you have to, you have to get to a different type of low to be like, I'm never going to trust anyone unnecessarily. It doesn't just happen from something minor here or there. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's it, true. It, and, it, and so it, that's it, why it, lots it of people fall on you. That's why lots of people I think are just drifting through their life until mm-hmm. something wakes them up. And it's usually a, a negative external stimulus, like they lose their money or their dad gets sick or a child gets sick or something like that, where you mm-hmm. lose your job. Mm-hmm. And then you realize, wow, I've really got to up my game. Like what was I put on this earth to do? Whereas if you can have a positive internal stimulus that says like i'm gonna be financially independent that i am that person i can be financially independent in 10 15 years yeah um, then you will start to change all of your habits and yeah you don't then have to wait um till something bad happens and you won't drift along so much i think drifting is one of the most dangerous things you can do and it's so easy because we're all working right we all work hard yeah. Uh, we've all got like families to to help with and and friends to to hang out with and hobbies, but but like you you can't drift in life. This is one of the big things I think I've learned. And you can't yeah. you can't be good at managing your money. You can't have intention and direction for your money if you don't have intention and direction for your life. And uh, so I'm pretty I'm pretty strong on that. Like if if you want to start saving money, it's like what are you what are you saving it for like what are you gonna do with your life like what is what is your mission in life yeah sorry you got me thinking there (laughs) (laughs) many things (laughs) (laughs) um okay uh well you mentioned corporate and employees and at, at several points um so by now we know that money affects every aspect of our life but how can corporates help their employee? Like we spend most of our time in the office, so it will definitely affect the employee's performance at work, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I think uh, there's a really interesting concept called presenteeism. So you know about absenteeism, when yeah. you don't turn up to work because they're sick. But presenteeism is where your body turns up for work, but your brain is absent because it's thinking about usually thinking about money issues. And uh, I've definitely had people before who are like, I got ripped off in this savings plan from this financial advisor. And so I spent the past six weeks building this big spreadsheet um, to calculate how much money I've lost and what to do about it. And I was like, well, when, when did you do this? He's like, oh, I did it at work. <laughs> so you weren't doing much work then, right? So, so there are lots of people who are not working because they're worried about money, worried about when to how to make the next credit card payment, worried that their other half is spending too much, worried that their 
mortgage is uh, is getting difficult to deal with, uh, or how you know how are they going to pay off their cards, or, or whatever it might be. Um, there are there are lots of people who are worrying about that, and so I think um, companies have really neglected this. Not all companies, but a lot of companies have really neglected this. Um, despite some companies have said to me, like we run a survey, a well-being survey every year. And financial issues is always number one, but we've just never done anything about it until now. I, just, um, I don't think they know what to do about it. There's not enough awareness in this part of the world to begin with about personal financial management. Yeah, I, I think there's a couple of issues here. So some companies are worried about treading on the toes of their employees and telling them how to save, how to manage their money, and, and especially what to invest in. Yeah. Um, I think this is a mistake personally. I think there is general, there are general recommendations that you can give to your employees that will make a huge, 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 huge difference. You can teach them how to manage their debt. You can teach them to avoid uh, commission hungry financial advisors and long-term savings plans and scammy products like that. Um, you can teach them how to think about money. You don't, as a company, you don't have to say, like invest in this specific product. Of course, you don't yeah. have to do that. But um, you can help them get access to the right people, the right apps, the right ways to think about money. That way, um, you are stopping that. Well, firstly, you're contributing to their emotional um, and financial well-being. Uh, you are stopping reducing stress you're reducing presenteeism wow. uh, so that the employee can be more productive you're giving that employee a, a sense of purpose for their life and for their money so they're probably going to work harder and be more satisfied and be mm -hmm. more resilient when times get tough um, they are less likely to get scammed um, so yeah i think there are loads of benefits and and some companies they they just accept um free talks from their um from their insurance provider or some financial advisory company oh. comes along and says oh we'll give you a free talk and then of course what they're doing is actually just promoting their products right you know promoting yeah. their uh their savings plans um so i think you know if you if you if you run a financial wellness program kind of brainlessly and as cheaply as possible, then yeah, you're, you're, you're going to almost open the door to what I call the vultures, like the people who, who want to make money out of your employees. Yeah. Um, but if you, if you are conscientious about it and you have a clear plan and you, uh, you work with the good guys, you know, the people I think who are trying to, help people in the middle east rather than make just you know just make commission out of them yeah then, then i think uh you can do a lot as an employer i would yeah. say if you like they should start finding instead of going to like you said an insurance company that wants to sell they should find people that are within the field so treat it as the same as a any training course that is offered within an organization right there are many courses that are offered within an organization that aren't necessarily in line with every person's job? I, I think this is where financial education can be a bit risky because I think if you get education from the wrong people, right, uh, there are plenty of people who come in and say, you need to you need to buy the savings plan. There's plenty of people who come in and say, you need to, um, you need to trade, right? You need to be a day trader. 
so so yeah you need to you need to be a bit careful about who you let in the door um but ultimately you need to help your uh we look in the middle east we don't have pensions right there there are very few pensions here so people need to be able to save their money and invest that money into assets that are going to generate them income for the future it's really important otherwise you, you, you don't have enough, right? Your end of service gratuity is not enough to cover you for the rest of your life. And so, yeah, you need, as an employer, you need to show your employees how they can plan for their future, how they can save for that future and how they can invest for that future. Makes sense. It makes sense, definitely. So do you think that over time, more companies will will focus or be conscious about this matter and will offer their will extend these courses to their employees or uh, or do you think that this is this is uh, we're not in a place that this is this is moving forward in this direction i think financial wellbeing is definitely going up the agenda i've certainly had um, more inquiries from companies to do financial wellbeing workshops mm. um, and and I have been you know doing doing more of those workshops at, at a whole range of companies you know from large global companies to large Middle Eastern companies to smaller companies it doesn't really matter um, I mean I really love doing this because I think you can then protect tens hundreds sometimes thousands of people in one go right you can teach them rather than like helping people one by one by one, which takes ages, you can help 500 people in one go and get them excited about thinking about money, stimulate the conversations, get them thinking. And uh, they will literally come back to HR a month later and say, hey, that that talk was really amazing. Um, and as a result, I've done this, this and this. Um, I think there's also another side of things is that a, a lot of um, HR staff um, have to deal with employees all the time who have debt problems, right? All the time, who come to them and say, "Can I have a salary advance? Can I get a loan, or um, or my gratuity, or whatever?" Because I have money problems. They have to deal with this all the time. So, like anything that can take the load off them as HR is is a good thing. So, yeah, I think I think. Companies are starting to take corporate well-being more seriously, and they are starting to think about financial well-being um, and take that a little bit more seriously. And there's all sorts of studies that show that investing in in corporate well-being like really pays off. Um, you know, like three to five x of whatever you've yeah. invested in it. Um, but there are also plenty of companies out there. That say, well, our corporate well-being budget is zero, and we're proud of that. And you know, <laughs> well, I mean, know, any company yeah. is proud to have a zero budget for anything, literally anything. Yeah. They do something with well, yeah, their greatest accomplishment. It, it can um, be a mistake because you get you get what you pay for, right? So, one hundred percent, I agree with you. <laughs> um, okay, so so we've spoken about companies like the they're becoming more aware of this topic and they're doing these things for their employees but on an individual level are there more people in like uh, inquiring or interested or focused on financial well-being at this point yeah i think so um i think there are more people thinking about their finances um uh, a crash like what happened in 2020 
really does focus the mind and um, it makes you realize that you can't just be a party person forever right you do actually have to take responsibility and certainly when you take a pay cut when you lose your job you need to take this stuff seriously so i think there's been kind of increasing maturity of people you know if i look back to uh certainly you know i, I was in dubai like 2005 2008 you know back then and uh all the articles were like this is the most expensive brunch this is the fanciest brunch you know all this sort of stuff and now there's lots of articles about like this is the most cost effective brunch and, and things like sure. that so so i think just the whole mindset of people in the region has changed and evolved and the same by the way for emiratis and for saudis as well you know uh there's been a shift from like well i i can have whatever i want to actually no i, I want to be responsible i want to be responsible for the direction of my life the direction of my finances uh creating generational wealth for my family but also like beyond money just like having some purpose in yeah. my life like what do i want to achieve in my life that will make my country and my family and my children proud yeah. of me and and money is part of that like you can't necessarily have an impactful life if you don't have the money to support that and obviously mm -hmm. like buying endless fancy cars on credit cards and and, and car loans is is not going to support that so at some point you realize well yes that those endless loans are available to me but i i'm going to say no um, because i have a, a higher purpose these products and services are always going to be available it's just a matter of as you said being responsible and having control over your life right um we've had yeah, it's a question of, of, of discipline right like um yeah. you need some self-discipline but discipline in itself is just too hard right like you can say i'm gonna i'm gonna not eat any uh candy and i'm going to go to the gym every single day but within like four days you will stop going to the gym right because the discipline required is just too hard but instead if you have a if you have that sense of direction, you're like, I am going to become that person who is fit and healthy, then, uh, or I, I am going to go and help children in Africa or, or whatever it might be, that gives you the, the internal strength and inspiration to yeah. manage your money as opposed <clears throat> to just pure discipline. Yeah, so you need to have a goal and then have discipline, basically, is what you're saying, right? Yes, you, you need to understand what kind of person you want to be. Then you can create a process to um, gradually work towards becoming that kind of person. And there will be various goals along the way as you move towards being that person. Mm. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um uh, we spoke about corporate and employees and stuff like that. Um, and unfortunately, we see many young, even very young people, people that just graduate from university and get their first job and it's their first paycheck. And then because they're not financially aware or conscious or haven't haven't worked for a long time, they the first the first paycheck, you know, goes out the window pretty easily because you don't really know how to manage it, right? Um, 
and then you see the the mindset shift within the region and we see that corporates are changing but from your perspective since you've done uh, many workshops and uh, you've done one-on-ones and stuff like that for companies and individuals if there was one thing that you would like there's one most important piece of advice or a tip that you would like to share with either companies or employees what would it be? Um, I think if you can try to save 50% of your income and then invest it, you will always do well. And by the way, if you're living with your parents, I would boost that up to 70% because you don't have to pay for rent. Um, some people will be like, that's insane, right? I, I'm only saving 20% of my income at the moment. Well, oh. then let 50% be a stretch goal for you, right? Because at least now I've placed that possibility in your head that you could get to 50%. You will have a great, stable and resilient life if you are investing 50% of your income, because you will be able to invest it in assets like global stock ETFs, stock funds that will grow really fast. Um, If you take a pay cut, well, you don't have loads of debt, you don't have um, a crazy spending problem, so you'll be more resilient you will um, be able to grow your investment so that you can stop working earlier if you don't if you if you want to now, yeah. you don't, I, I don't like using the word retire because people imagine that's just like lying around on the beach doing nothing all day when actually what I mean is that like if you don't like your corporate job you can stop it and you can go and do something that pays less well but that you're passionate about. Or you can go and do something you're passionate about that doesn't pay at all because you've got enough passive income to replace that. So I think um, so many of us think, oh, if only I knew about financial independence age 21 or whatever. Um, well, if you are 21, well, now's the time. <laughs> you know? yeah. uh, everybody else wishes they could do this. Well, uh, just go and Google financial independence and you will learn so much good, valuable information that you will not get if you Google the words personal finance, right? Uh, Personal finance, you'll just get lots of people trying to sell you stuff. But financial independence gives you a whole way of thinking. So yeah, so there there we go. There's two two things. Google the word, the the phrase financial independence. And secondly, try to save, try to get close to saving 50% of your income every month and invest it. You'll do really well. That's really good advice. Thank you so much for sharing. Uh, my advice to the listeners would be or Google debtsimplesaving.com. That would help you a lot. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me today, Steve. It was a pleasure having you. I really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you. It's, uh, it's great to be here. And to all our listeners, don't forget Loon is now available for all UAE residents on both App Store and Google Play to simplify your spending. If you like the podcast, please subscribe to learn more on your podcasting app and follow us on at Join Loon. I've been your host, Hadil Zajari.